0: What's going on, everybody? It's Mercedes Terrell from Bellator MMA. Hey,
1: this is Billy howard L from the Perfect Circle. Hey,
2: I'm Adam Carolla. Hey, this is Max from the Arkells. Hi, this is Tina Stoll. I'm a driver in the NHRA. Hey, this
3: is Dallas Smith. Hi, I'm uh, Commander Chris Hadfield. I'm Danny Denko. I'm the Senior Cultivation Editor for High Times Magazine. Hey, guys, guess what? I'm Jake Stake Roberts, and you're not. Yeah, bad break
4: for you. You're listening to the Toddcast Podcast, but you didn't know.
1: And away we go. The official start of year seven of the Toddcast Podcast. Thank you for being there. The first full podcast of 2021, we've interviewed a few people since Christmas, released them as individual podcasts, but we haven't done the full on podcast with the normal three guests a week, some great indie music from local Vancouver bands. Until today, this week, you will know our sporting guest from backing up Roberto Luongo in 2013 and 2014 on your Vancouver Canucks. Retired NHL goaltender Eddie Lack is an absolute beauty, and he is a guest this week. Watch the full interview. I think it was close to 40 minutes or so at our YouTube channel. Subscribe while you're there as well. We're constantly adding more and more interviews every week Like former Much Music VJ, podcaster, and host Erica M. One of the reasons why I traveled down the broadcast road. Do you remember just how amazing Much was back in the day? The nation's music station. Remember? This is like pre-internet. There's no cell phones with everything at your fingertips. It was a different time. And Erica was a big part of what happened at Much. Super excited she agreed to come on. You will hear from this week's musical guest in just a second, coming up in about 15 minutes. In listen to this, retired NHL goaltender, five-time Stanley Cup winner, Grant Fuhr talks about being inducted into the NHL Hall of Fame. That is powered by our friends at Tedco RV Supplies in Langley. RV service, repair, ICBC accredited, find them online at Tedco RV Supplies Inc. Dot com. First, let's get into this first guest of three this week. Our musical guest is Aaron Bruno, the singer of AWOL Nation. That's brought to you by Pineapple Sound, a recording and mixing studio in Langley since 2013. They welcome podcasts and voiceover actors and a lot more as well. Check them out at pineapplesound.com you will know AWOL Nation from their huge hit SAIL which surprisingly only went to number 17 on Billboard's Hot 100 isn't that crazy you would think that that song would have went to number one right Anyway, big song for those guys. That's from their first album, Megalithic Symphony, back in 2011. Six million albums later, they're off to the races. They're now four albums in. Their latest is called Angel Miners and the Lightning Riders. That came out April of last year. It's been a good while since Aaron and I last spoke. I think it was maybe 2014, 2015, so a good six years Anyway, he's a really nice guy, super accommodating, engaged and interested in the conversation. It was, it was a really good interview. You can hear it right now at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube accounts. Again, search it out through Todcast Podcast. In the meantime, here's 10 minutes with AWOL Nation singer, Aaron Bruno. The Toddcast Podcast. As you might imagine, when I mentioned that you were going to be a guest of the podcast, I got a, bunch of awol nation fan questions that i want to kind of uh rip through some of these with you okay crystal wants to know what are your three albums you need if you're stuck on a deserted island
0: um that'd be a really hard one to answer i don't have an answer
1: you know what i mean i just don't i don't <laughs> have would an totally any change day to day week to week it would be
0: sports. yeah it would just be that would be unfair like that would be a cruel a cruel position to be in i mean hopefully i could have three mixtapes or mixed cds or whatever you know yes. um Good answer. You know, or, or three of my playlists, you know because like i often am asked who my favorite band is or artists of all time and it's it's always hard to answer i have answers depending on the day you know yeah. but um i just i just can't answer that question i,
1: I think most people yeah, struggle for that you know like
0: when, when i hear that question i instantly think okay which beatles record am i going to choose and i can't even choose one so that if i can't even choose a beatles album how am i going to choose three and I, I i respect and appreciate the question but i have no answer
1: dave wants to know have you ever had a near-death experience a brush with death
0: yeah multiple times um surfing on multiple occasions where i was held down long enough that i thought all right there's this is getting pretty close to to it as far as being able to hold my breath and and you know scrapping to reach the surface um and it being you know sometimes you'll be in a situation where you're tumbling around underwater and then you think okay cool now now i can start to float up to the top or to get grasp for air and then you realize oh shit i'm not even close to the surface and you keep going or there have been times where i thought i was heading up but i was heading down and then i touched the bottom like oh fuck i'm at the bottom of the ocean not at the top of the the surface where i want to be that's happened um definitely had a few a few uh experiences that um the answer is yes for sure
1: yeah it sounds like surfing definitely is a test yeah
0: surfing and and I mean, I look back on stupid decisions I made, you know, like we all do, where I'm like, wow, that could have easily gone in a bad direction for sure. And uh, yeah, I, I do often, you know, i talk to my wife who, um, who I, haven't, I haven't known my whole life, but I, I often, um, you know, tell her how lucky I am to be alive in some ways. And, and, and in, in, in many mental states, uh, music has been the thing that's got me through.
1: By the way, I normally ask this of uh, my, my musical guests what was the music in the bruno house as a kid growing up like what are the bands that your parents are like, exposing you to
0: yeah well my mom listened to a lot of 80s pop radio so i was getting michael jackson prince madonna and um you know which, which i still look at as a really good time of pop music cindy Lauper. Uh, anytime i hear it, girls just want to have fun i want to have right. fun you know? What, a, <laughs> and, what a fun and, video
1: too right with uh, oh yeah dude Captain and, Lou and, <laughs>
0: Great, you know, what a great voice and, and George Michael, you know, so I, I feel like I was around some really well-crafted pop music and, and, and even at a point where people were still playing instruments, you know, in, in that way. And U2 was a pop group, basically. The Eagles were considered pop music because they were so big. So it was popular music, popular as, opposed music. To, That's right. as opposed to what we know as a pop sound now. And so that was that. But then on, on the other hand, my dad listened to a lot of funk music. He, had the, he, he loved James Brown, Stanley Clark, um, and that was sort of his deal. He kind of like rebelled against the, the uh, mainstream, like the Beach Boys and, and all the, those bands that my mom loved and the Beatles. He kind of like was rebelling against that, I guess, that mainstream narrative for whatever reason. So his way of doing that was with funk music. And then, um, then my older brother, who we have different moms, he came to live with my family when I was uh, – going into fourth grade. So I guess I was, um, nine or 10. Yeah. Nine or 10. And he introduced me to hip hop and rap music. And this was in the eighties before it was mainstream at all. And so that exploded my mind into another dimension, hearing beats and break beats and all that stuff. And I can still hear that influence heavily in my music today. Um, even though I don't rap, there's a lot of beats. There are a lot of beats underneath it all that, that were heavily influenced by those impactful eighties, you know, hip hop records and nineties that were huge to me. And he also introduced me to um Pantera, Iron Maiden. Metallica was becoming more mainstream at the time, same with, you know, Guns N' Roses. And yeah. um but so I was kinda of lucky to get it all. The only mm. genre I didn't know was country music. And I have I've had to listen to that over the last ten years. Um just personally and go on that that deep dive of, of some of the really good, deep older country that is rooted in sadness and despair and, and really deep stuff too so there's really no genre i don't love at this point
1: yeah i feel the same way good songs a good song yeah what was your first concert
0: my first concert was sting at the greek theater where i was supposed to play before this tour was canceled mm. that was my first concert um but my first like mind-blowing con- that was awesome don't get me wrong yep. but i was pretty young and t- kind of timid and you're sitting in the chair watching but the first like real real show was bad religion at the santa monica civic center um, and some really cool bands opened up, and that was my first time being thrown into a mosh pit and crowd surfing, and feeling the camaraderie of you know people sweating together, and you know something that seems so far away now. So um, that memory serves uh, serves as very important to me right at this minute.
1: Yeah. All right, back to the uh, fan questions. Uh, Kyle, are you a fan of all the superhero movies that are being made?
0: Well. Uh, Although I find them to be uh, absolutely ridiculous, I can't help but enjoy them, you know, for sure. Yeah, I'm just bummed that they haven't captured Superman a little bit better um, because he's my favorite superhero. Totally unpopular answer, I know.
1: I just read that uh, Henry Cavill is coming back not as the follow-up to Man of Steel, but more in like a support role, making Mm -hmm. cameos and stuff in uh, future uh, DC Universe movies, which is great. I I thought he did a great job.
0: Yeah, he did. Funny story about him. He was working at a restaurant as a, a waiter, and he he left, and then has had a great career since then. Right? The person who filled his shoes, his name is Mark Weistrack, At this at this restaurant on Santa Monica Boulevard in Hollywood, Mark Weistrack is a good friend of mine, and he he left. And went on to become a country star in a band called Midland. Mark got me the job to fill in for him because I was just broke. I was in debt without even the the managers or the owners hiring me or or interviewing me. I just showed up and they said, Well, who the hell are you? I'm like, Mark hired me. They're like, Mark can't hire you. What are you doing here? (laughs) I never got paid for the job. I worked two nights. They went out of business. I got a record deal. And then, you know, then AWOL took off. So Superman midland the a and, going on there and, and then me so i do love superman so i could say in some weird way i'm connected to him you know yes. Superman. but you know ben affleck sure ruined batman holy shit that's that's really bad so I, yeah i don't know what they're going to do yeah. about that
1: what did you think of that superman batman movie
0: i mean i you know i, I enjoyed it because i loved the story so much but i thought it was, it was pretty it was pretty gnarly for sure you know my wife and i just recently watched uh, all the uh Christian Bale, Batman's and those, those are really good.
1: Those are so um, good.
0: I can't even, I love origin story so much. It's hard for me to not go with Batman begins, but obviously Heath Ledger, rest in peace was incredible as the Joker. And then Bane was unbelievable. And that one was so scary. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm mostly a star Wars fan though. I should tell you.
1: Star and, Wars. Okay. Yeah.
0: I, I, unlike most people are, am, I'm pleased with how they concluded. I, I'm, I'm happy with the last three. Because um, I right. thought they would, I thought they would ruin it, you know. Or, and I feel like they did a good service to the the history of Star Wars. And I, you know, I don't know what else they could have done. I mean, it'd be easy to tear apart the story and nitpick it, but I feel like they did a good job.
1: Did you binge through the Mandalorian in like two days or what?
0: Of course I did. I I, I haven't watched Clone Wars yet though. I want to do that. Really want to do that.
1: that those are so good, man. Those are, are they? So
0: good. Good, yeah, I can't. I started to, I watched like five of them on tour and then I stopped. And you're then now like the
1: cartoony animated. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. good, man. They're good. And then,
0: but now I have to start over with my wife cause she loves star Wars. So we'd have to like, I'd have to watch those five episodes. All you know, when you presented with that situation, you have to just do it again.
1: You know? Right. Of course.
0: And those first five, they were okay. I could tell it was just it was character development. I was learning with these people. were. You know?
1: Right. Oh, uh, which superpower would you want to have?
0: Just like any, any I could think of or, or based on real guys or Anything girls. Anything
1: you can think of.
0: I was just talking to my wife about this and um, I mean that you know that that changes a lot um, but time travel would be at the top of the list and I say that mostly because I would be able to go back and check out so many different shows I didn't get to see or, or you know see these great moments in history but most importantly to me, selfishly, completely, is uh, I'd go back in time and I'd surf the best waves that would have no, before people surfed. And I would have the knowledge, I would have the knowledge of how a surfboard is made. Although I'm not a shaper myself, but I would be able to find some sort of craftsman to help me complete my idea. And I would ride these waves that weren't ridden yet. And it would be just, I mean, that'd, that'd be it.
5: Musical guests of the Toddcast Podcast are powered by Pineapple Sound, providing recording and mixing services for a wide range of artists and genres since 2013. Check them out at pineapplesound.com.
3: Everywhere I go, I'm fucking losing it.
5: Listen to this on the Toddcast Podcast.
1: When you start talking about the best NHL goaltenders of all time, Grant Fuhr better be in that conversation. He was one of the best, played with the best, inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2003, decimated teams in the 80s playing with the Oilers. Wayne Gretzky has been quoted as saying that he thinks that Fuhr is the best goaltender in NHL history. Five Stanley Cups, six appearances in All-Star Games. You just can't get much better. And when Grant was a guest, we talked about his time playing with the great one, Gretzky, Messier, Curry, and the rest of the Oilers dynasty. We got into NCIS and horror shows and what he was binge-watching at the time. We compared first concerts. He talked about seeing Rush. Deadpool and superpowers came up. So did Realizing Your Potential. We talked about legalized marijuana, retirement, Covid, and Grant talked about being inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Listen to this: a nice individual accolade for being lucky enough to play on good teams, <laughs> and it, it shows you're kind of you're a part of good teams. And, and what still stands out from the day you're you're inducted to the to the Hall of Fame? Uh, probably that you actually have to stand there and make a speech. I'm yeah. not one for speeches, so. That was the hard part, because you're standing there and you don't want to forget anybody. Right. There's so many people that help you along the way that you just want to make sure you don't forget anyone. And how many times, is it Lisa, is your your wife? How many times did you you run that by her? Actually, we were married at that time, so... Okay. I ran it by my kids once or twice, and I was going to write a speech, and then I decided to just wing it. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I do better winging it than I do writing things down, so... Listen to
5: this on the Todd Cast podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, an ICBC approved repair shop. Find them online at TedcoRVSuppliesInc.com.
6: For a little while for a little while for a little while Cause when we fight it, you get under my skin just for a little while, a little while, a little while, for a little while, for a little while. You see through me, see through me, cause I'm paper thin, I'm paper thin, you pressing on me, pressing on me. Show you it. I'm not skeptical for thinking you put out the spark You only see through me, see through me cause I let you in Yeah, myself and it's not your fault, your fault. But it's in the past, it's in the past it's in the past, hope it's in the past I want my heart on my steel Oh, oh, I know I wouldn't last, I wouldn't last How could I last, I couldn't ask Can't you see through me, see through me Cause I'm paper thin, I'm paper thin You're pressing on me, pressing on me Make sure you win, win. sure you win that I could grow thought that I could grow thought that I could grow how was I to know how was I to know how was I to, to know thought that I could grow thought that I could grow thought that I could grow how was I to know how was I to know how was I
1: Great sound from the band Daisy, and a new song for them, a new song for the podcast. It's called see through me, a great song, kind of showcasing another genre here in Vancouver. Normally we support more of the indie rock, but we wanted to give some love to Daisy. One of the reasons being, if you didn't know this, I'm an instructor at BCIT in the radio arts and entertainment program. And we do something with the students called the evolution live lounge where basically the bands come in they get the video filmed live off the floor get the interview as well and when i posted on my personal facebook page that we were looking for bands for this year of course the 2021 covid edition i think there's only three people max daisy was one of the bands that submitted and i was blown away by the ep the sound of the ep is amazing and i thought you'd like it as well Played you The followaways. their song was alive as we patiently wait for new music from those guys. Last year, they flew to Tirana working on some new music, new album, and you've got to, I mean, it's got to be top notch. They are easily one of Vancouver's best bands, no question. Okay, Todd's Trolls is coming up in just a bit. The stupid, mean, hurtful, but really it's the funny things that people say to what you post what you see online this week foo fighters take a hit cinderella the musical and the fifa club world cup bask in that white hot spotlight powered as always by our good buddies at the garage games and geekery geek out in maple ridge it's your place to play warhammer D&D, and a lot more. Really cool store. Check them out online as well at garagegames.ca. First, back to the guests. The second of three Toddcast guests this week is our sporting guest. As mentioned off the hop, Eddie Lack. He's a retired NHL goaltender. He's a beauty. You'll know him locally from playing with the Vancouver Canucks. This, after not getting drafted in 2009, he was signed with the club in 2010. Went on to play with the Moose for a spell there. Played with the Canucks in 2013-2014, backing up Roberto Luongo. They're good buddies, as you might imagine. But Lack played on a few other NHL teams as well in his time. He was on the Hurricanes, played with the Flames, the Devils as well. Now he's a kick-ass real estate agent in Scottsdale, Arizona, or at least the region. Good on him. Nice transition. The full conversation is definitely worth hearing. Search it out again through Toddcast Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. Till you hear that, here's 10 minutes with retired NHL goaltender, Eddie Lack. The Toddcast Podcast. My kids wanted to ask you a couple of questions. I have an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old. Perfect. So my, my little guy, Levi, who's eight, he wants to know who is your all-time favorite goaltender?
7: uh i have to pick one i don't know like uh, so i kind of have three <laughs> okay fair. Uh, so tommy salo was like the reason why i started playing play, playing hockey when sweden won the olympics in 94 and he made this like two pad stack save uh, and then Peter Forsberg scored like the winning goal, right? Like, like that was the reason why I started playing. So Tommy Salo has to be in there. Okay, so uh, ni-
1: 94, How old are you when you're when you're watching? This I was then?
7: six. So okay, like,
1: so you're a little kid.
7: That's when I decided that, like, Dad, like I want to play hockey. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, second is Henrik Lundqvist because he like just. Uh, broke down so many barriers for like the European goalies and like the Swedish goalies and everything like he showed, especially us other Swedish goalies that like you you can actually come in and like take a spot in, in like the NHL right away and you can be a superstar right? uh so hank is it, gonna be se- second and then i gotta pick my guy bobby It's not number three uh just like a an awesome guy to be around like one of the best goalies to ever play the game and 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 and, and yeah I'll, i'm just like blessed to be able to call him my friend so yeah those are the three. Long and, answer. <laughs> and Lou
1: has to be like one of the funniest guys on the planet.
7: Oh, oh, he's awesome. Like, like his
1: Twitter like, feed is just fire, it's,
7: man. Such a character. And like I I'm like so happy that he got his like Twitter account and everything. And and like people actually get to see the real him because uh his 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 like first years or or like first like five or six years in vancouver like 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 er, er, everyone just thought that he was this grumpy guy right and 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 like for him to be able to show like his true personality and everything like yeah i love it it's awesome
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh it's great so would would you say then that the that the 94 game when you're six years old is that like one of the first hockey memories for you
7: yeah yeah like uh nor normally you start uh, playing hockey back back in the day when i started so the rule was you had to be seven years old to like start playing and oh. uh I was just six at the time. So my dad had to like bag and bag and bag to like get get me in like you know one year early, right? And, and 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 yeah, like I I don't think that I've ever played hockey before that. It was just like skating school and playing like the street hockey in the back and everything. But but yeah. but yeah, I never played hockey.
1: Pretty standard stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, and my other little guy is uh James, he's ten. Nice. Um, he wants to know who had the hardest slap shot that you faced.
7: Uh, so that's going to be two as well. One, Sami Salo. Like he, His shot was just super hard. And I remember uh, when I was still in the minors, he came down from uh, uh, the NHL because he's been hurt and just needed to get some conditioning back and everything. And he played one AHL game with us in his entire career he scored two two goals but i honestly think that he could have scored like four or five because the goalies didn't have a shot like like the goalies didn't even see the puck right
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like just positional hopefully it gets to you yeah
7: yeah yeah exactly so and then the second one i once get hit by sheldon surrey uh in my chest, and I thought that I was gonna pat, 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 pat pass out like really, like, like a one timer right in the slot. And, and I was just like, oh my god, this is this goal, goal, goal goalie thing is like maybe not the best idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so Sal, Salah was playing on the Canucks when you were goaltending with them, right?
7: So he was there, and And then, so he was there when I was like the third guy. But then when I got the call up for like real, then he wasn't there anymore. Oh, so yeah, you never
1: never got to fuck around with him at the, uh, just in practice and him taking big rips on you and shit?
7: Oh yeah, I've done that a few times with him, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How old were you when you realized like, hey, maybe I can go all the way?
7: I don't know, like... I I think that I always had that belief in myself that I could like now looking back at it I I don't think that I really had a chance like and like really understood it until maybe when I signed that first contract with like Vancouver right like yeah. I I uh, thought that uh, uh, it was always a dream but like for that to like come, come come like true and actually put like a pen on paper right like yeah, that was super super cool.
1: And playing in vancouver had to be the best though right out of you you played what it was a six, oh, six seasons vancouver i mean what, what 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 is it about vancouver fans we love you so much like just <laughs> endure to the point like and only really truly you played two seasons for the vancouver canucks
7: yeah i know no like it kind of started in like the minors already and like when we came uh, ad and playing everything and the eddie chants were going on in the stands and everything yeah i honestly don't know why exactly but i do think like part of it is like just that the fans felt like i was one of them right and i was just like a normal guy and like like almost like know, the underdog
1: uh, aspect
7: kind of thing yeah exactly and like the way that i like showed my life on social media and everything like that like 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 yeah i think that it was just easy to relate to me as like uh one of the fans that just happened to make it to like the biggest stage right
1: <laughs> yeah almost like uh when david aries uh
7: yeah, exactly. Jumped
1: in and suddenly <laughs> here's this guy
7: like holy shit. Yeah, exactly. That's Somebody such a cool about. story.
1: And and talk to us about the of course the infamous heritage classic with you starting over Roberto Lu- Luongo getting booed by the crowd a little bit there. What what do you what do you remember about that game and kind of just everything around it cuz what a what a cool game to play in.
7: Yeah, no, uh, I remember that they lewd, they didn't boot. Well, they didn't boo, <laughs> but they
1: lewd. Exactly.
7: That, that's what I always try to tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one it is for sure, but 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 no, uh, I I never expected to start that game like uh, the whole week leading up to it and everything. Like uh, Lou just came back from winning gold uh, with canada at the olympics right and um when he left for the olympics we were on like a seven game losing streak or something right and like then when he came back was kind of jet light and everything i was scheduled to start the first game back uh, and the first game back i had a shut 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 out and uh, Torts told me that I was gonna play the next game too, and I was like, "All right, well, then I'm gonna play this game and then sit on the bench for the Heritage Classic and everything." And then I think we we lost that sec- second game like two one in, in a shoot 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 shootout, but I saved like it, like six or seven eight shootouts in a row, I think, uh, and. Torch just felt that I was feeling it and looking back at it I probably would have played Lou no matter what right (laughs) but 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 yeah yeah. I mean it was this super fun, fun experience for for me and like playing in front of that many people it was just like so cool and uh that the nhl are doing stuff like that to to kind of just like break up the season and like do something different and everything like yeah i mean it's like su- such an experience for everyone i think subscribe on itunes at Toddcast podcast podcast
8: Becoming a great pretender Now I cannot remember Who I was before we met I was nervous, you'd see right through me My shape is shifting to sell this lie Just an opportunist buried by his burdens Heavy like a holy one You got me
3: feeling like I'm someone else So let me be your shapeshifter. shifter
8: The one I imagined in my mind Ooh, not
3: myself You got me feeling like I'm someone else Ooh, someone else You got me feeling like I'm not myself So let me be your
4: shapeshifter
1: On the Todd podcast, and it is everywhere you look online. Chirpy comments made to piss people off. No one and nothing is safe. Take Foo Fighters. They've sold millions of albums, tour arenas around the world. They've won twelve Grammy awards, four Brit Awards, an American Music Award, two MTV Video Music Awards, and yet they still take heat. Their new album, Medicine at Midnight, comes out this Friday, February fifth. <coughs>
9: Unpopular opinion. Dave Grohl needs to go away, even if it's just for a while. Is oversaturation hyphenated? I want to get this tweet right. Oh, good. More middle of the road music from one of rock's most overrated, Yawn.
1: Coming to theaters, as of this weekend, Cinderella, a modern musical. It's a slightly different version than the one that you're used to. It stars Adina Menzel, Kay Cannon, James Corden, and too many others to list.
9: I'm sorry, but can James Corden just fuck off already? Movie hell. This is movie hell. Just watch the trailer. Uh, Disney, why would you let someone butcher one of your classics?
1: And a big one for soccer. The FIFA Club World Cup in Qatar started up yesterday. That runs through February
9: 11th. Can't wait. Those one-nothing games are so exciting to watch. 20 bucks if you can name any pro soccer player. Seriously, see? Who the hell cares? New drinking game. Every time one of the players falls to the ground, clutching his shin, and rolls around on the ground like a little bitch, drink.
5: Todd's Trolls on the Toddcast Podcast is powered by The Garage, Games, and Geekery. Your place to play RPGs, board games, and Warhammer in Maple Ridge. Online at garagegames.ca. The Toddcast Podcast is powered by Milano Coffee bringing you the finest espresso and coffee concepts in the world online at milanocoffee.ca
1: fronted by Todd Kearns, a Canadian supergroup. Great song for those guys called Never Enough for You. If you didn't know, Todd is also the bassist in Slash's band. He's one of the conspirators. I was reading a couple of weeks back now, I guess, that they're working on new music during quarantine. So if you're a bit of a gambler like I am, I would put 500 bucks on red that you will hear probably a new album out of that camp in 2021. Plagia JP Maurice, his song was called Shapeshifter and we had JP open up a podcast show for Daniel Wesley at the railway a couple of years back. That was an incredible night, hopefully, really hoping that we'll be able to dial up these podcast shows again soon, hopefully sooner than later. I think that's something that we can all agree on. Speaking of live music, find pandemic distanced approved and live stream shows. Say that five times fast, say it three times fast, with the indie scene at toddhancock.ca. Slowly but surely the scene is coming alive, getting some shows. If you're playing one or you're going to one, let us know about it. It's brought to you by Mystic Rhythms Rehearsal Studios, 40 plus years experience in the music industry. Find out more through MysticRhythms.ca. Okay, our final guest of this. First episode of 2021, well, first official, we've had interviews, but uh, episode 237 is former Much Music VJ, marketer, and host, Erica M., this week's entertainment guest. Brought to you by Tomes. Let them help relieve stress and anxiety and ensure a good night's sleep. In fact, the first seven nights are free, 100% free, at tomes.com. That's T-A-U-M-M. H O M S dot com, T A U M M H O M S dot com. Do you remember what it was like when Much Music first signed on? How massive it was, especially considering the time no internet, there's no cell phones, or if there was, it was the size of a brick. Music videos, the Much environment was unlike anything else that we were seeing on TV at the time, unique, fun, it was personal. The VJ seemingly all-knowing about all genres, and Erica M. was one of the best. As you'll hear in the interview, she started working in broadcasting in Montreal, sorting records for DJs. This was after graduating with a Bachelor of Arts degree in communications from the University of Ottawa. It was when she was a receptionist at City TV that she heard about this soon-to-be much music, and she applied to be one of the VJs. Soon, you'll know her as being on Much. But over the years, you've seen her hosting or s- appearing in shows, I- including Yummy Mummy on Life Network and the Discovery Health Network in the U.S., Pop Stars The One on Global, Real Life with Erica M., Power Play on Discovery Channel Canada, The Company, Nestle Baby and You, and Science from A to M., Did you know that Erica has also written songs for people as well? Van Morrison, Tim Thorny, Cassandra Vasek. She's won three Country Music Awards and three SoCAN Awards. It's an impressive career to say the least, and she's still going strong, still at it. The full talk is posted right now at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube accounts. Again, a simple search, Toddcast Podcast. Till then, here's ten minutes with a Canadian icon: a writer, actor, songwriter, entrepreneur, TV host, Erica M. The Todd podcast. What was the music like in your house then, as a like as a kid growing up? What are your what are your what are your parents playing?
2: Oh, I had a sort of unusual childhood for two reasons. My parents were kind of hippies, um, in a in a in a way conservative, but kind of hippie-ish and they when i was about six years old they bought a summer camp in the middle of nowhere which is still running um so the road into camp was five miles so if you can just it's it's still in the middle of nowhere and (laughs) they bought it 50 years ago right so my sister and i every weekend almost the whole year round we would drive to the summer camp which was usually empty. Only in the summer were there kids, right? Right. So we, um, we would drive from Montreal to this camp. So it was a four hour drive there and back. So we relied a lot on eight track players.
4: Yes. <laughs> the so tracks. I think
2: back in the time, we listened to Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, BJ Thomas, Joan Baez, Woodstock, Barbra Streisand. Um, Trying to think what other, there weren't that many, like they only had a few eight tracks. They're expensive, right? So,
4: um,
2: and that's kind of what we listened to in the car. Yeah. But my uncle, my mother's brother was a music freak. So driving up to camp was one thing, but while we were at camp where my uncle kind of lived, he always had sort of a bevy of teenagers with him. And so there was always music of the time so I was into like the Stones and the Beatles and um, even Elvis Presley they used to play that a lot at camp and the Who and Led Zeppelin and you know so I I was hanging out with kids that were older than me and my uncle was obsessed with music so I remember when I was five I, I was listening to the Monkees with him like Stepping Stone and stuff like I just I've always been around it yeah. Same. So music has always been a big part of my life and uh, I'm not musically inclined. So all I wanted to do was be around the people who can make the music.
1: Right. And, and what was the first concert that you went to?
2: Uh, it was David Cassidy from the Partridge family. And my dad took me. And David Cass, I remember it because he was wearing, I didn't understand at the time, but he was wearing a white jumpsuit with sparkles and fringes, which now I understand was very Elvis Presley at the time. He walked on stage and all the girls started shrieking. And I looked <laughs> at my dad and covered my ears and cried and left yeah. because I couldn't hear the music. And, and thus began Erica. Ernest M. And I'm still like that. I like to listen to music. Yeah. Um, music has meaning to me. And even back then, I, I I wasn't like a screaming girl, even though I loved the music so much. It was listening to it, not screaming to it that mattered.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the that's the lost art of you know, grabbing the LP and, and sitting down and reading the liner notes and reading yeah. the lyrics and like, oh cool, it got produced in Van Nines, California, or yeah. whatever it was. What were this guy's guesting on as the guitarist on that specific song? Isn't that guy from that band? And I think that's that's what's kind of lost in music yeah. in the last. You know, and,
2: well, I think, you know, just in general, depth has sort of dissipated to some degree because we live in a squirrel economy where, you know, everything is short, little bursts. My kids are growing up with Snapchat and TikTok which are all like 30 second little bits of information thrown at them. So they're getting a lot of information, but it doesn't require attention span, nor does it allow them to go deeper.
1: Right. It doesn't require too much effort either.
2: No. Agreed.
1: Uh, Erica, I want to get to some of these questions because uh, you you might imagine when I said you were going to be a guest, there was just an influx of fan questions. So, Michael wants to know, he goes, I got a dumb question. Why did much music and MTV stop playing music videos?
2: Uh, Michael, that's a great question. I left 10 years before, so I can't answer from firsthand experience. I can guess that it was money related. And I can also guess that it probably coincided with the era of YouTube where people could start accessing videos on their own but what people didn't understand as they headed off to youtube and left much music behind that they would soon drown in a sea of uncurated music and that they would lose the sort of insights leadership um, of the people who were on much music or hosts who were knowledgeable about music and would sort of curate or sieve through, sift through the music and share their favorites and give insights and go a little deeper. You don't get that with YouTube by watching them. You do get to own the experience yourself, which is great. And you don't have to rely on waiting for much music to play the stuff. But That was part of it, wasn't it? It was the anticipation. It was the they're playing it and you run it because you didn't have a lot of chance. I guess that's sort of the scarcity concept, right? Yeah. And that disappeared because suddenly you could have anything you wanted, but you didn't have us.
1: I think that uh, you may have a mutual friend, uh, Neil Morrison, who was brother Bill on edge one Oh two in Toronto. Okay. So he goes. You may want to ask uh, what it was like being put on air with little advice or direction. Moses would literally put people in front of the camera and say, "Go." Is that true? Well,
2: it was, it was a blessing and a curse, and he's absolutely right. Wow. In some ways, uh, when I went on the air, I didn't. I wasn't a trained broadcaster. I didn't go to broadcasting school, but I had been working in the music business at that point for about five years, which was a lot, considering I was 23. So I didn't have the skills to uh, assemble a story in a sort of, quote, professional way. But I think my enthusiasm made up for it to some degree. And then as I stayed with the job and Moses supported me as I learned in front of the country, which was challenging, then I learned the skills of broadcasting. And that was his whole philosophy, which was anybody could be a broadcaster, but not anybody has the expertise or enthusiasm or is a content specialist. So at Much Music, he would always find people who were obsessed with music in some form or that they were obsessed with comedy or they had some sort of a vibe about them. And then on the sister station, City TV, He always hired people or he tended to hire people who had less broadcast experience, but were lawyers or um, prosecutors or um, environmentalists. And then they all learned on the job.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So somebody that that had a a story to tell and, and Yeah. um, yeah, that's, I mean, how cool is that? That's groundbreaking on its, on its own.
2: Yeah. Well, you see Moses, was and is brilliant because he looks at broadcasting very differently, I think. And I love, and I'm speaking for him and I don't know if this is absolutely true, but my interpretation is that he thinks of the audience, first of all, with respect, and he wants his shows are of the people. They're not at the people, it's of the people. So he wants his hosts to look like regular people and to act like regular people, not like stars, but like awesome regular people, people who were become role models or thought leaders, but they are real. You can relate to them. You can believe them. You can trust them. And the stories often include people on the street because you know, we're more interesting than anything fabricated, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Fact is always more interesting than fiction. Truth is always crazier. So he has always sort of gone to the street to get inspiration for his shows. And in doing so, built such strong community, which I think is lacking in most broadcasters. There's still those big monoliths are still pushing content at us. And we all go like, fuck off. Stop Mm -hmm. telling me what to do. And that's why we keep on gravitating to social media where we have a voice. And at City TV, we had a voice, which is why we loved it.
5: Entertainment guests of the Todd cast podcast are powered by Tomes, where quality sleep matters. Find out more at tomes.com. That's T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S.com.
1: for Arlo Wells. A new song for them, a new song for the podcast. First spin, if you will, of Ghost. Great song. No doubt once COVID is in the rearview mirror, we'll talk to the boys about playing a live show for the podcast. Assuming, of course, that the railway brings us back to play shows again, but knock wood. Looking forward to next week. NHL 2021 video game play by play announcer and all around good guy, sporting uh, uh, broadcaster here in Vancouver. James Sabowski is a guest. You're going to freak out when you hear how long it takes him to voice an entire game for EA Sports. Check this out.
10: I'm contracted for somewhere in the neighborhood of about 250 to 300 hours annually. Wow. Yeah. So we do lots of days, you know, you kind of start in the fall and, and usually it's at least one day a week in the fall. And then by the time after Christmas, we start getting up and running with at least two days a week, generally in the new year. And usually, you know, four, five hour voice sessions and, uh, and just kind of roll with it.
7: Wow. And that we've been is-
10: doing it and we've been doing it from home since, you know, we figured out the technology, how to do it since pretty much, uh, I'm going to say April of last year. And we worked right through uh, voicing, you know, NHL 21 through until I think the middle of August. And then the game came out and then um, we were up and running within no time to start um, voicing again.
1: 250, 300 hours. It's amazing. James is a great guy. Totally deserves all the accolades. We haven't hung out for a long time, but I'd still consider him a, a pretty good friend. We've known each other for a good while. I, I, he thinks it's probably close to twenty years. He joined me uh, when I was doing the Sea Fox Afternoon Show back in the day, um, Monday to Friday, three to seven. We shoot the shit about all sports. Great guy. Joining Sea Ball next week is Good Cop Bad Cop singer Jenny Cotterell and model and golf influencer Katie Carney. Of Course, wanted to give a big thanks to this week's guests as well. AWOL Nation singer Aaron Bruno, dude, appreciate you taking the time to talk. Big fan of your band. Retired NHL goaltender Eddie Lack, you made me a champion among my kids. Haven't talked to you. We're big fans in the house, Hancock. So thank you for being as cool as you are as well. And former Much Music VJ, etc., 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 Erica M., You know how I feel about you. Much was a key reason why I went down the broadcast road in the mid-90s. Nothing but love for you. So thank you so much for joining us this week. And that's going to do it for this episode 237. Again, my name is Todd Hancock. Thank you so much. If you like what you heard, subscribe. Please tell your friends about us as well. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. We're also part of the Dean Blundell Network out of Toronto at Blundell.com. Also the Boot Crew Media Network out of New Orleans at BootCrewMedia.com. Spell that crew with a K, K-R-E-W-E, BootCrewMedia.com. Comment and rate the podcast as well. Search it out again through podcast podcast a huge thanks to all of our wonderful sponsors you can find links to all sponsor websites at toddhancock.ca in fact if you'd like to sponsor the podcast you can for as little as 10 bucks a day there's contact info at the homepage you know in fact after taking a bit of a licking in 2020 we are starting the year with a few sponsorship opportunities, something we haven't had in about five years. So if this sounds like something that might make sense to your business, give me a poke. And if you help me find a sponsor, we'll give you a commission based on the ad buy. So keep that in mind. If you know a business that gets the outside of the box advertising, lots of social media love, let them know about us till next week. Don't be an asshole. Nobody wants to be around that. Have fun, play hard, and most of all, believe in yourself.
5: The Toddcast Podcast. Keep in touch with Todd through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and
0: bookmark ToddHancock.ca.